Yo. What up? What up? Yo, welcome to episode 19. Oh, snap. We there, man. 19 of the Carbon Footprint. Uh, we're enjoying a little uh, Robert Mondavi cab today. Absolutely. What, Absolutely. One of our faves. It's probably our go-to. We, we've had this one a few we've times. We've had this one a few times, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, it's cheap. It's, it's cheap. cheap. <laughs> it's cheap, cheap and, and it's delicious. Good. Yeah, man, it's good. For those of you who uh, are new to the show, uh, Juan, Juan and I get together. So he's Juan, I'm Sean. We get together once a week, have a couple of drinks, and talk about everything that uh, interests us. But things that are going around, going on around the around the world, um, try to focus on things that are making um, an impact, whether they are positive, negative, or otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with that, I know you got your first carbon footprint of the week, man. Hit me with it. Listen, man, I, I, somebody who left their carbon footprint, man, to me is a, uh, and I wish that they had his name in here. I couldn't find his name, but it's a Volusia County Sheriff. But I'm also going to shout out uh, one of the guys, Joseph Griffin. So Joseph Griffin is a guy who's uh, jogging in Deltona, which is actually really close uh, to where we do this podcast. Um, he's jogging, he gets pulled over, or actually uh, the cops, you know, pull up to him, um, you know, and say that he fits a description of a suspect that they're looking for and all that. Um, and from both sides, it it went about as textbook as you can as you could expect. Now, I know people will argue about him just being stopped in the first place and all that. Um, but I, I think that's what I liked about this. This cop went out of his way to reassure him, like, hey, man, like, look, you fit the description. Uh, white tank top, black shorts is exactly what you have. Beard, you know what you have. Black male, you're a black male. So like he goes down the line and then, you know, multiple times throughout the altercation goes, I don't think you're him, but we just have to verify that it's not you. Right. And so it's it's a whole 25 minute long encounter. They run his ID. They do the whole thing. But I thought it was the officer hand. I, I think recognizing the climate that we're in right now. Um, the officer handled that about as well as you could expect. And then so did Joseph, man. Joseph was uh, a compliant, which people always say you should be right, was respectful. And then the officer, I think, understanding the climate went. I don't if I I think the other part that people kind of uh, forget about is that if I agitate this guy. Right. Or make him feel unsafe because of everything going on then this could potentially lead into a bad situation, right? So he uh, he's almost apologetic in how he kind of uh, approaches him. And, and I just thought it was such a great way to handle that. Um, and Joseph handled it uh, spectacularly as well to the point where they offer him a job about, uh, I think, being able to talk about diversity and, and handling those certain uh, those scenarios, I guess, with the cops. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So the Volusia County Sheriff actually offered him a job. He turned it down. I think he's a first responder. So shout out to him because uh, right now it's not a great time to be. <laughs> so do we not have the, the, the officer's name? I don't have the officer's name and I wish I did because um, shout out to that guy because I know I'm usually super critical of cops uh, as of late. Um, but I would say that this guy's training and I think recognition of the current environment we're was was awesome. I mean, you couldn't ask a and guy to handle that better. Volusia County. It was Volusia County Sheriff, and the incident was in Deltona. So, awesome. Uh, Volusia so shout County out Sheriff. to the Volusia County Sheriff Department, man. I mean, if, if those guys are you know doing doing extra training, or 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 if these or if these officers are just just being extra sensitive because of the climate, shout out to those guys for for Good for, for recognizing that right and 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 handling the situation um, in a in, in in a manner where it wouldn't you know wouldn't be escalated. So. No, That's that was awesome. fantastic. I know the the guy who runs it, uh, who spoke on behalf of the sheriff's department, is a guy named Mike Chitwood, but I didn't have the name of the actual uh, officer who made the stop. But um, yeah, I think at one point there was even an officer going, hey, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Like multiple officers pull up and they just keep telling him, hey, listen, we're not going to let anything happen to you. We want to just do this. So I just thought it was, uh, again, just such a cool way to handle this. And again, I'm always super critical of cops. And I thought, you know, I want to give credit where credit is due. And then obviously... Things like this are what we're talking about when we say cops need to be trained better. Cops need to handle these scenarios better, need to de-escalate. And obviously, there was a ton of bad scenarios this week, but I wanted to shout out the positive one. Absolutely. Because I think it's a good example um, of of what these interactions should look like, I think, from both sides. Yep. And and you know what, man? And you do that enough and for long enough time, it just becomes normal. And then, and then, and then the fear goes away. Right. And then, and then you don't have to have all of the reassuring. Right. Then then it's just a normal interaction, um, you know, between two people. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. I got my my carbon footprint of the week. Um, I got to give it to the folks out in uh, a new place, I guess, called Freedom, Georgia. So um, 19 families got together. Um, 19 black families got together and they purchased 96 acres of land 
in, in Georgia, and they're calling it Freedom Georgia. Um, they're, they're trying to make it sort of like a, a, a tight-knit community where they'll, where they'll have like their own housing. Um, they're gonna, they want to build their own food systems. They want to build their own schools, their own banks and credit unions, their own police departments. And it's all really in an effort to, to provide a space where black people can feel safe. Yep. Um, and, and so it's funny, man, because when you read about stuff like this, there's always the, the, the different sides, right? Where somebody goes, hey, well, that's segregation, right? And, and so I want to make it clear that it's not just for black people, but it's basically an area that's built by black people for black people, right? So for black people to feel safe, however, anyone is welcome. Yeah, they're welcoming anyone. And um, and I think the initial idea is that they're going to have kind of uh, vacation homes and then host weddings and like uh, almost almost like a park, like a vacation area where they're going to have lakes for fishing and all this stuff. And then eventually get incorporated and try to become an actual town. Yeah. Um, so I think step one is basically running it almost like a, um, like a reserve type thing or like a vacation reserve. Um, but yeah, and, and like I've heard people or I've seen the comments online of like, oh, yeah, it's the segregation or like, oh, well, you know, if we, there was a white community, people would be outraged. All right. I, like to that, I say, man, if. All right. So every town has a the black part of town. Right. Or like the Spanish part of town or the Chinatown or the like almost every town has that. Right. I would say there is a reason why those things happen. And I would encourage you to find out why there's no such thing as the white part of town. It's because every part of town is the you know what I mean except for the designated areas and so there's a history behind all that so I always and and the people who argue that won't go look but I'm like every town has a reason of why these certain people from a specific community or a culture or, or a race have gone to this certain section and have uh, essentially segregated themselves there um there's a reason for it in every town and it's usually behind comfort and feeling safe and feeling right. accepted and all this stuff I did hear a story man another podcast that I listened to um the guy uh, was from Barbados and he um he grew up and, and obviously in Barbados it's, it's like probably 99% black right but he told a story of of a guy from India that came that came over by himself and started like to sell things so he was he was alone kind of living in sort of a really small place and and then he said slowly you know he brought like his wife over and his kids over and then and then he sort of kept on selling things and, and sort of building up you know some some sort of uh some sort of wealth right and then he brought in another family and then he goes and then he left Barbados and then he came back and you know many years later and like the like that community that there was sort of a a, a community of, of in, people from India that would that brought up the whole block and so you know you can see like like you mentioned Chinatown right and there's like little Italy and right and so you yeah. get when you get around the folks that that if you get around the folks that that you're comfortable with and then in this situation, like if they can have their own police force, right? Then it's like what we talked about before, where you have blacks policing blacks. You under, they understand each other, yep. and they're from that. They're, they're from the communities that 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 they're policing. And you know, it's a lot of a lot of times now, especially in the in, in the poorer black areas, you're not getting those guys that are growing up to become police officers and policing that in that area. So kudos to those guys, man. And and hopefully that that was off of them. One thing, man, was they drew um uh what word am I looking for? Oh, in inspiration from from Black Panther. And so, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about um uh Chadwick Bozeman dying and and like the impact that he had and I, we had some folks reach out to us on social media and was like hey you know you guys forgot about some of the other some of the other like uh black superheroes and 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 yes we didn't mention we didn't mention really any others um but looking at the impact that black panther had you know from from that guy sort of like being a king um, you know, living in this area where their technology was was crazy, right? They were they, they were smart, affluent, um, curing diseases. Yes, yeah. curing diseases. They didn't they didn't really need any anyone. And then and then even him in that in that movie of learning that things that his father did 
that were wrong and then him correcting them. And then at the very end, you know, going, you know what? It's not even right that, that, that we don't share this with the world and him bringing it to the world, right? And then going back into the poor communities and going, I'm going to bring you up. You know, it's like inspiration all around and, and, and that clearly has, has hit, you know, has, has hit the market now, right? And where, where folks are going, you know what? Like, we need to be doing that. Yeah. I think, yeah, and, it, and it's a, I don't want to say a shame. Maybe it's needed at this time, but I feel like uh, minorities, black people in, in general right now, feel like they have to showcase themselves as, hey, we're not what you think we are. And so maybe by creating this community, you go, look, we're smart. Look, we're outdoorsy. Look, we can we can farm. Look, we can create a police force. Look, we can build. Look, we you know, like it's almost like a constant, um, you know, and I think being a minority, we can relate to that a little bit where. Yeah, definitely. You feel like you're constantly trying to like oversell yourself or overprove yourself. Right. Um, I would say I've, I've never felt. I don't know that I've ever been passed up for something, right? Because I'm I'm a minority, but I will say it's always in the back of my mind of am like I feel like I have to work harder because I am, or like I don't want that to be the excuse, right? So so I do feel like I overcompensate from for that sometimes, or at least I used to. Um, so I, so I feel like at this point, uh, you know, in, in building this community, you go, man, it's something beautiful, but then I can't help but think of the underlying issue of. I'm trying to prove my that we're worthy people almost in a sense. Right. Like maybe if I build this utopia like a Wakanda was in Black Man, right? Because because Wakanda wouldn't have worked if Wakanda looked like L.A., right? But Wakanda worked because it was a utopia that everything about it was perfect. And so I, I think as black people, you feel like we have to be perfect for people to be accepting. I think that's why um, I have so much respect for someone like Barack, you know, not to get political, but you go because he was the first, he had to be perfect. Like you never saw scandals. And obviously there's all these political things. I don't want to get into that. But as a human being, he had to be perfect. And so did Michelle, because you're almost overcompensating for the fact that you're black and you go, I'm the first. I certainly don't want to be the last. And so you you have to carry yourself with a certain, um, uh, I think, a level of care and dignity that that a white person wouldn't have had to because you're afforded the opportunity to make mistakes, which you're not right now as a black person or, or as any minority, I think, in this country right now is your 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 mistakes, uh, I think, carry more weight. So, yeah. All right. So, like I said, kudos to those guys. Um, also, this week, man, there was a, a World War Two vet, uh, Mr. Lawrence Brooks. He turned 111. Damn. Right? Turned 111 on Saturday. Um, and I saw a picture of this guy, right? And so I have I have some elderly folks in my family. And I was like, eh, he looks maybe like 80 or 90. And then and then I'm going Black don't crack, bro. That's it. Black don't crack. <laughs> he black crack. Yep. Yeah. He black. And I was, I was gonna say, or he Asian. <laughs> Asian don't raise me. <laughs> But I'm going, this dude is able to say, you know, 30 years ago when I was 81. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got me thinking, man, right? Because you, know you know how we do. It got me going down a rabbit hole. And I'm going, like, how long do you want to live? Like, God bless him, right? Like, 111, that's, that's amazing. How long do you want to live? And then so I started doing, like, research. I'm just like, okay, like, what's, what's average age? And it's, it's usually between, like, 70 and 80, you know, if, if you live in a first world country. Because um, <laughs> there is, right, there, there is some things if you don't live in a first world country and you don't have access to medication and, and, and just sort of, like, what, what we would deem to be sort of standard. But it's not even the United States, right? Like, we, have, we don't have top not, 10 the, long. No, well, we're not the, I, I don't know we're top 10. I, I don't know if we're top 10. I don't know if we're top 20. Um, I think the, 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 the place on, on earth that has the most is someplace in Italy. Yeah. If I'm not, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it's a, right? Uh, it's an island in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they have, the where it's like everybody lives to 100, mm -hmm. something like that, right? It's like normal. Yeah, it's normal. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but I started doing some research, and there's companies out there, man, that are, that are willing for, for a fee, of course, to cryogenically freeze you. In hopes that in the future, medicines will be better, and by then we'll they'll sort of be like a cure for death, and then they can revive you and then cure you of your sort of like oldness. It's the best business model. <laughs> so so do so. I looked at and, and there's the prices for this is is like two hundred k, right? But there's this company out there, and I'll let you guys Google it. It's called. Um, the Cryonics Institute, and they will do it for a cool 
30 G's. Man, that's cheap. That's on the cheap, cheap. So for 30 G's, wait, but do you have to die first of natural causes? Yes, only because right now it's illegal to do it when you're alive. Because they're going to like they're gonna kill you, right? Well, 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 no, they, I mean, they wouldn't be. And so, dude, the, the whole science behind it is, is kind of crazy. Some because demolition like, man shit. Because it's crazy. Like, like, like they're, they're, they're basically freezing you. And like if they, if, and, and again, don't don't quote me on this, folks. Like I say, go out, please do your do your own research. We are not scientists here, but essentially, because your body's made up of water and water expands when it's frozen, like they, like there's there is a method to doing this so that your basically your insides don't expand and, and explode. explode essentially. Oh, snap. Um, but yeah, they do it for like a for like a cool it's like it's like twenty <laughs> cool 30 a cool thirty G. It's like twenty eight. It's like it's twenty eight grand, right? They they actually they actually saying that you can even get life insurance that will pay for this. Wait, so your like your life insurance the payout will pay for you to get frozen? Yeah, if you have if you have enough in the you could essentially oh use like, like part of the like life insurance use so part of life insurance ah, to, to to do it to freeze okay. you. Bro, do you know that is the most genius business model of all time? <laughs> Who's coming back for their money? <laughs> like. Yeah, and if they do, then you succeeded. <laughs> one, one, right? If you, right? But who's asking for a refund? There's no like, there's no downside. What? Well, there's no there, there's no timetable either. But right? I think we should sell like if we ever build a better car than anything that exists now, then you guys can have. We can take like I don't even know how to what to call it, man. Pre-orders for a vehicle that runs off water. And if we ever make a vehicle that runs off water, you can have it for a cool hundred thousand. And then we just never make the car for like this is what. But we just keep putting and stuff we just out keep, there, like like we are building, like we trying. <laughs> Hire a few engineers. Yeah, I think it'll work. Nobody listens to this anyway. They wouldn't know that it's a scam. <laughs> they'll all, but they'll all smoke weed in the back until. Until we bring somebody in to tour the facility. So people stop. <laughs> the the pre-order stop coming in. Be like, nah, nah, nah. We're, we're going to build a car that runs off water. Oh but dude, like, how long do you want to live? Like, you know, what? I was, and, and, and again, like I said, you know how we do when we, when we talk. I was like having a conversation with myself in the head. And I'm going, you know what? Like, it, the, the whole like fear of death always goes like, no, like I want to live forever. Right. But then if you live forever, then there's no, like you have no. There's no sense of urgency to do anything. I don't romanticize that at all. Um, I'm like, <laughs> I'm afraid to die. So I'm, and maybe it's an age thing. I'm at the age where I'm like, I never want to die, right? Like I want to live forever, but I'm going to assume that at some point I'm going to get to like 70, 80 and I'm going to go shit hurts. I want to go. <laughs> like, like Dude, but what do you do if like, like think about it, man, when you get to that age and then like your siblings are dying, your friends are dying. Again, like you said, like you start to have all of these sort of ailments and you're not, you know, you're not maybe you're not in the best health or what have you. Like at, at some point, I would imagine that you go like, yep, it was a good ride. I think maybe when, when that stuff becomes intolerable, right? Because then quality of life becomes an issue. So if I was like laying in bed all day or I couldn't walk or I couldn't do stuff, I don't think I'd want to be around for that. Um, but yeah, like I have like this suffocating fear of death. So like I can't. I, like the thought of even dying gives like like makes me anxious, it's like like literally like desperately anxious. So I think of like like my big I'm riding on the fact that somebody's gonna figure out how to make us live to 150 or 200. Because right. um, you know you see these scientists now that Dude, think it's gonna happen. Out. It's gonna happen it's gonna I, now. Happen. Whether or not it happens in our lifetime, uh, uh, you know I, I don't know, man. Like if I live another 50 years, it might happen in our lifetime. Um, you know when you said elderly earlier, I'm thinking like Latinos, bro. We be 63 looking messed up. So I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like not Mr. Brooks, man. Mr. Brooks is looking about. I said I, I looked at him and said, ah, he's probably about 90. Like a day over 90. <laughs> Not he's a, probably about ninety. He's one eleven. That's yeah. Cause that's and he's walking, some, like on his own power dude, walking. They had a whole like birthday celebration in front of his house. He was out standing on his porch, like receiving the. They were like singing. They were doing some like World War Two stuff. Like they had some 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 women in front out in front of his the, the the his front like porch or fence singing, and part of his family was there. And so the like the guy looked to be in decent. Well, no, sorry, he looked to be in fantastic health. 
for one eleven. Yeah, for one eleven. Because damn, man, I know. Again, man, in Latino, I, I know some sixty-two year olds couldn't blow out their birthday candles, and this dude's one eleven. I know a couple of fifty-five year olds <laughs> looking real hurt these days. Seriously, man, I'm like Jesus. That's awesome, man. Good. Shout out to that guy, dude. That that you live to one eleven. I always think about. I love talking to people who are older like that because just they've seen so much. Like, and I'm always fascinated. Like someone like that, World War Two. Like, I'd be so curious to hear like his thoughts on everything. Like, man, did you guys know what was going on with Hitler at the time? Did you know like the like the Pearl Harbor thing? Like, how did that impact the country? Like, dude, it's funny that you said that. So there was one thing that I read about him, and he said that during that time, um, he was he spent some time over in Australia, and he says one of the things that he remembers about being in Australia was that the people there actually treated him better than the folks here in the States. Which makes sense. At the time. Still segregation at that time. And depending on where in the country he lived, it was really bad. So if he was from the South, it's probably terrible. I I didn't didn't see, I don't think I wrote down, I didn't see where he was from. See, so if he's from the West Coast or maybe the Northeast, it's a little better. But if he's from the South, it's definitely a shitty. You know, it's, it's interesting that he says that. I wonder, was he ever tempted to stay somewhere like that? Going, wow, they treat me like a person here. That's true. Like, but were I you tempted I, to stay? I think you come back and you go, my family's here. Yeah, maybe. But do you tell your family, like, yo, we got to figure out how to go. move to yeah. Australia? Yeah, like, I would think I would try to figure that out. Like, yo, how do I how do I immigrate to Australia? Like, they treated us like people over there. They were so nice. Like, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's true, man. That, I remember, and again, I don't know if it's true. Um, God, what? Actually, I think it was a show I was telling you earlier. There's a part in The Watchmen that they talk about the war. They're in the war. And as a tactic, and again, this is uh, probably is a fiction. World War Two. World War Two. Okay. Either World War One or two. Actually, it might have been World War One. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say World War One. Um, but it's part of the show. And again, this is for. And I, but I wonder if it was inspired by true events. They drop letters to black soldiers, like black platoons, saying like, "Hey, they don't even like they you. They don't there. like you." Oh yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. What, didn't that? <sighs> was that in that movie? The one you gave to me? No, no, that wasn't in that movie. I think it was in Watchmen that I saw. I think, man, I think it was in the, in the show. The Watchmen. I have I've seen that, and I want to say it was. I want to say it was in a movie no, with it Vietnam. It was the Five Bloods. It was the Five, five Bloods. Bloods. It's what it was. Actually, I'm so wrong. It was the Chadwick Boseman movie. Because yes. oddly enough, I saw that movie like a week before he passed. Oh, okay. Uh, and and um and they were getting letters going like, "Hey, we that was Vietnam. Like, it was Vietnam. Yes, you're right. Vietnam. You're absolutely right." And they were like literally dropping letters to troops and almost like like uh like uh mental warfare right going like hey you're on like why are you why are you these guys these guys don't even respect you like why are you fighting for the united states and you think as a black soldier i'd be super conflicted because they're not wrong <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd be like i'd be like damn like wait so if i well you gotta think man that that, that was part that was all around like the martin luther king time yes. malcolm x time right and then he gets killed he gets while they're killed. there right like like he gets that, murdered during sure. vietnam that, is that right in the mo- in the movie, he he is killed while they're in Nam. Now, whether that happened in real life, I can't. I, I nah, again, I, I went to community college, and I don't know. It's Spike Lee, bro. It's probably right. Did it Spike Lee? You're right. Spike Lee's the good. one yeah, that yeah. did that movie. Yeah, so yeah. if it's if he did that, it's it's probably right. Yeah, and in that movie, he um they basically they find out that Martin Luther King dies while they're there, and while they're getting these letters going, hey, why are you fighting for the United States? They don't give a shit about you. Like, come to the the Vietnamese side, you know, type thing. Right. Or actually, I don't even think they say come. I think it's just like planting a seed of going. They don't even care about you guys. They don't even care about you, and they would just drop that. Which, to be honest, is kind of genius. It's a genius tactic. Like if we're ever at war, I'd use that tactic today. <laughs> Black soldiers, I'd be like, hey man. They don't even care about you guys over there. Our, our cops won't shoot you. <laughs> you start dropping stuff like. It'd be a perfect time to yeah, do it. It'd now. be a perfect time to do it now because all this is kind of like resurfaced. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no. So the other thing that th- this week was uh, uh, the anniversary of 9/11. I'm sure you remember where you were. I think I think we all remember where we were um, during that during that time. Um, but one of the things I found fascinating, man. So I, you know, I, I do troll social media every now and then. And um, so the number one trending topic on on Twitter during that time, on that day, was never forget. The number two, all buildings matter. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Listen, man, you know, we're we're both from the Northeast. I'm I'm a a former New Yorker. Like, obviously, 9-11, tragic. If you have lost anybody, you know, at 9-11, like no one that died that day should have, should have died. It is it is tragic. And and so we are not. And, and no, I am. It's terrible. You know, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, we're, not, we're not making fun of it. It's a shitty time in history. But, yeah, we're not making fun of that. But the Internet trolls used 
to bring light to the BLM movement and to COVID-19. So with the, obviously the all, the all buildings matter, right? Like that, I was just like, and it's, it's, and it's, it's a funny, it's actually pretty genius. It is. And I'll, uh, so to give you like a little background, I think Michael Shea, so I, he's a comedian. He's on Saturday Night Live. Actually, he does the um the the the, the weekly update with Colin Yost on Saturday Night Live. They're the two guys. It's the black guy and the white guy who do the um like the news update of the week on Saturday Night. So anyway, Michael Shea has a stand up special on Netflix. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, it's fantastic. It's from like 2016. Um, I think the name of the special is is something to do with like all lives matter black lives matter something like oh no no it's called the uh, michael shea matters something like that the name of the oh, special okay. so anyway this is like at the at the onset of colin kaepernick initially taking a knee and blm kind of kicking off and he does a whole bit about um about how black people are constantly kind of berated about like man slavery was 200 years ago get over that man segregation was like 40 years ago get over that man and then like by the end of it like the punchline to the joke is like oh 9-11 never forget and he goes you know like how come we're not and then he i, th- I think the the actual punchline to the joke is something like yeah i can't wait till 9-11 i'm gonna wear a shirt that says all buildings matter something like that like a t-shirt uh, okay, okay and it starts from that but the so act- he started that he so he started that years how many ago. years ago was it it's like four years ago oh, but wow. i think it's it started to resurface and play around the internet now because of obviously everything going on so it's getting more hype now michael shea is a fantastic comedian i mean there's a reason he's on saturday night live um he uh, uh that special was brilliant but the lead up to that is so great because he talks about black people just want to matter like the he like and he goes like what's lower than matters he goes he goes gay people want equality he's like can you imagine asking for equality as a black guy we just want to matter and it's such a brilliant take on it right that he goes you know and and obviously it's a play on it he's not making fun of gay people but he just goes like the audacity like they want to be equal like we just want to matter you know and it's it's such a well-crafted bit which full of so much truth and then it's so relevant and you go, it's four years later and we're still talking about it, you yeah. know, which I'm sure people from 50 years ago would go, we're still talking about it. You know, like if you march with Martin Luther King, you're going, we're still talking about yeah. this. Like, how is this possible? It's funny, man, because, you know, I, I, I watch and I have I have friends from like, you know, like all across the spectrum. Right. And 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 some of them, you know, do they do like the lay like all lives matter. And it's like, yes, all lives do matter, but all lives aren't under attack right now and it's like it's it's and that's why i thought the 9-11 thing was the all buildings matter thing was very relevant because it's like yes like look at that right like when the buildings were were on fire it's like everybody converges on the buildings that are on fire to try to do what they can to save people to save the building what have you and we didn't go and tend to other buildings so while yes all the buildings in new york city mattered on that day that was on fire we needed all hands on deck to take care of that. And that is, a, that is precisely what that African-American community is looking for. It's just, hey, can we, like, all hands on deck, like, deal with this thing that's, that, that we know is a problem? There's an implied two at the end of Black Lives Matter, right? Like, in other words, Black Lives Matter also Right. It shouldn't have to be said, but I think it's right. implied, right? Like, and, and I think people oftenly confuse Black Lives Matter with anti-white. And it's not that at all. It's Black Lives Matter. Also, you know, like, can, can we get a break here? You know, it's funny, man, that, that you say that about the all buildings matter because you know how petty I am for about three or four months now. I've been waiting for October to come around. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm dumb petty. The I have like distant relatives like on Facebook, you know, maybe like second or third cousins or people I just don't talk to anymore who just retweet or re I shouldn't even say retweet this whatever is not the fuck be good. No, it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> listen, they reshare shit on Facebook like the all lives matter stuff or we'll go on these rants about all lives matter just like the listen uh, racist Latinos are the worst because they don't even have like the privilege to back it up, right? Like you're like you get treated like shit and you hate on your own people. Like it's so nuts. But anyway, so I have a lot of these family members who I know who always, you know, in, in October they go in on the whole Pinktober thing and they post their little ribbons and they go Pinktober, blah blah blah. And they have been just sharing all lives matter shit for the last few months. So I've been waiting for October because I'm gonna comment on every every single time they post a fucking pink ribbon. I'm just gonna go <laughs> hashtag all diseases matter under all of their posts. <laughs> every, listen, I'm I'm telling you right now. Y'all better get ready. If you know who you are and you listen to this, just go ahead and block me now. Because 
I'm, I'm making it my mission in life. October 1st, I'm scrolling every single day. I'm scrolling and I'm just going to copy and paste. Hashtag all diseases matter. <laughs> That's all I'm t- I can't wait. <laughs> I might take the day off just to make sure I got time to so, get this shit on October first, bro. So that was the other thing that was happening. So they used the nine eleven thing to to talk to kind of bring light to COVID. Okay, and um, so, so, and I gotta read this because it was so genius. It was like uh, two thousand nine hundred and seventy seven people died on nine eleven, but ninety four percent had pre existing conditions. <laughs> So actually, only 178 died from terrorist attacks. <laughs> I hate the internet, yo. Bro, oh my, oh my God. And like I said, if you lost anybody on 9-11, like this is not, but this is not, 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 not a hit against of that. Of course not, man. I mean, listen, I, the... yeah, like, but man. The internet is undefeated. Oh, it's so great, man. It's undefeated. Undefeated, man. That's so great. <laughs> I, I saw a few rolling around about like how many people died in 9-11 and how many people have died in COVID. And it's kind of like the, oh, well, you know, like it, that shit happens kind of because I think it's like, what is it? 3,500, 9-11, 4,000. It's a lot. It's a few thousand. But oh, we is, have almost 200. 2977. So we and we have almost two hundred thousand. We have one hundred eighty thousand from COVID, right? It's something. Like it's that. something like that. And they're going like, "Damn, we these are like the ones we're doing now." It's like, uh, you know, all for the economy. <laughs> but then the four thousand in nine eleven, it's like, oh, never forget those guys. Which again, tragic, shitty. Um, you know, you you would hope something like that never happens on American soil. It's devastating. I can't imagine getting on a plane and having to do like you know. I, I've been. I couldn't bring myself to go into the 9-11 memorial. I've been on the outside. Um, and even, just, even on the outside, man, eerie, man. There's the ghost, bro. There's, the there's, first time I went to New York, they hadn't finished the memorial yet. And the subway, and if you've ever been to New York, there's a stop at the World Trade, uh, which you're a New Yorker, you know. And it opens, it opened now into a crater. And it used to be that you got out and you went up staircase and you were in front of the Twin Towers, right? Right. The first time I went back uh, to, to New York, I remember being in the train and then daylight hit and I, and I thought it was odd. And I remember getting out of the train and walking up the steps and you're literally in a crater of where the towers used to be. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, and you get out and it's kind of adjacent to it. But I remember going there and they were cleaning out um, the site. They hadn't built it yet. This was maybe three, four years after it happened. It was still under construction, like cleanup. It was wild. And I remember it hitting me there like, damn, because I grew up right across the bay in Jersey where you could look across the Hudson and you could see the towers. You could see the skyline. And the New York skyline is like everyone would iconic. be able to identify. Yeah, it's iconic. Yep. Um, so it, it's devastating. But I think not that I think this is funny, but it it does help to point out some of the hypocrisies, I think, in how we treat certain things um, in that. Uh, and I think we'll get to something when we get to sports later, which I think further kind of cements some of the hypocrisy in this whole and maybe we can just get into this that is, now. Let's just go into it, man. Yeah, yeah. Let, so Chiefs, Texans kick off uh, football Thursday night. Um, so they, they do national anthem. They do the black national anthem. The Houston Texans stay in the locker room for both. Um, Kansas City comes out. Most of their players stand, maybe a couple kneel. Um, and then all the players come out and, and they say, let's all join hands together in unity. No flag involved. No anthems involved. No military involved. Nothing. Um and you can hear the crowd boo when the announcer goes, we're linking arms to basically a moment of silence for unity or, or to stand together in right. unity. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why people were booing. And then it hit me and it was like, these people, they just, they treat black people like gladiators. Just go out there and perform, shut up and dribble or shut up and tackle, right. shut up. And it was like, there's, and I think we've all known, at least, you know, I think certainly in the minority community, it's never been about a flag. It's never been about military. It's never been about kneeling. It's never been, I think those are the excuses that we use to kind of like, you know, uh, uh, give the, the, the wrist slap to guys who attempt this something like, Hey, let's link arms for equality drew that kind of response from people. Yeah. That was crazy, man. And you know, there's like a whole, like, there's, there, there are people that are protesting watching the NFL and watching the NBA, you know, because of the stance of the players of, of, of wanting to end, you know, uh, racial injustice and social inequality. Like, man, like 
don't we all want that? I mean, I guess not, right? Like, you know what? No, not if you're, I guess, uh, someone who's anti. I, 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 I don't it's just, know. I don't even know how to word that. It's I strange, just, man. What I will say on a, on a high note is uh, on that Kansas City and Houston game, there was like $600 million of quarterbacks. And that, and that was just two of them yep. on the field, right? And they were both black. And they were both black, man. Good for them. But they need to get to the point where they're the guys signing the checks for those quarterbacks. And I think that's a world that we want to get to is how do you give these guys, yeah, they're paid and people will be like, oh, these whiny athletes are getting paid all this money and, you know, they're quote unquote oppressed. You don't have to be oppressed, I think, to to stand against oppression on other people. Right. Uh, um, but I think. You know, there's that old uh, Chris Rock, and I bring up comedy a lot because I'm a nerd and I'm a comedy nerd, but there's that old Chris Rock bit that's like, yeah, Shaq is rich. The white guy who signs his check is wealthy. Right. And I think we want to get to a, a point in time where the wealth and opportunity and all that is is distributed equally or the opportunities are there equally, right? Like The opportunity. Yeah, the opportunity. Right. Tyler not- Perry just made it billionaire status. So shout out to oh, Tyler really? Perry. Oh, nice. Tyler Perry went from being a homeless guy to a billionaire is building a compound essentially where he films his own movies and TV shows and all this stuff. And it's all in Atlanta, right? Yep. Or, or, or it's in Georgia. I and he, and he kept it in Georgia. He didn't go Hollywood. He kept it in Georgia. He's, um, and actually I would say most movies now, I think including Avengers, we were talking about black Panther. I think that was filmed in Georgia. Um, because Georgia gives better tax breaks and things like that than California to to uh, studios. But, um, Tyler Perry had a lot to do with that. And as a, I think there's a, you know, obviously, a, a big black population in in, in in Atlanta, and so he can draw on on more talent because obviously he tries to uplift his own people on his people. And listen, the the knock on on Oprah has always been that she didn't use her platform to uplift other black. And I don't know enough; I've never done the research. I have seen that the knock on Oprah has always been she takes the opportunities to knock down black folks. And listen, you should be equal opportunity. I know Oprah does her specials on molesters and all kinds of crap, and she should definitely hit on black or white or whatever that is, you know, whatever she's trying to fill. But I think they they felt like she had that platform and she never did enough to uplift black people. Tyler Perry has done so much, I would say, for the black community as far as movies and TV shows and giving them opportunities. And then he he taught and you and I always talk about this. It's like um, we've done okay in life and then we go how do we teach our kids to do better than we did and i think tyler perry uh did something that was i can get paid to do a movie that's awesome i can get paid to do a play that's awesome i can get paid for all these rights how do i have ownership in that stuff right like right. He, he didn't just do the movie he goes i want to own the studio because then you have to pay me rentals for the lot i want to own the rights to that movie i want to own the rights to that tv show i want to and that's something that um i think didn't get talked about enough that he brought to his people like listen the being in the movie is cool do you want to own the rights to that movie? Because then you'll make money forever. Right. And and you know, shout out to him. I think you know taking that step in that absolutely, in that man. Good for him. But yeah, man. So this week, I think that uh, there was a couple teams out there: the Browns and the Bengals. You know, we are who they <laughs> they are who we thought they were. <laughs> I, I'm gonna give the Bengals a break on that one because well, they yeah, had a rookie, rookie quarterback, and, and they shouldn't have missed that kick. But the Browns, I've no excuse. Man, they, I mean, they got just got shellacked. Yes, and and listen, I expect the Browns to lose that game because Absolutely. Baltimore is arguably, you know, I would say top two, three in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL. Um, I'm, I'm not willing to admit that because the Titans waxed them last year, but whatever. Um, so Baltimore is a good team. So I don't, ex- I didn't expect them to win, but I expect you to put up more than six points with the talent that you have on offense. Yeah, clearly, I mean, is this new, another new coach for those guys? Yes, of course. It's clearly, so, right. Nobody wants to live there longer than 10 months. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's another new coach. Um, it's obviously still Baker. Uh, they kept Odell. They kept um, Landry. Landry, yeah. Um, who's Denjoku, the, the the tight end, who's, who's a stud. No, they, um, they have enough offensive weapons that you should be putting up more than six points and they addressed the o-line position which was their weakness so you should put up more than six dude speaking of bad o-lines man did you see i mean going back to that kc houston game deshaun watson was running for his so life was it last he week, week last week i told you he's yeah, not gonna have dude, a long career like, and i hate to, it, oh, again man i love it because he's in the division should've came to chicago <laughs> he might still end up there mitch dude well not mitch he got the days a number dude I, I feel so bad for deshaun watson especially now that they got rid of hopkins he doesn't have that security blanket where he can just chuck it up that way and and hope that deshaun comes down with it and nine times out of ten he does um deshaun watson is gonna have a very limited career because he's gonna get hit 
a lot if they don't address that online. I, I'd be shocked if that coach makes it past this year because I think the coach makes personnel decisions too, and he's made enough questionable ones at this point. Um, but Deshaun Watson, as much as I hate to admit this because he's in the Titans division, he's the real deal, man. He can yeah, ball. He's, he's really good. And if you gave that guy time to throw, I'd hate to see what he'd do. Yeah. He he would just crush teams, man. He would. He, it it's a shame because I don't think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be too late before they realize that, and he's gonna be an Andrew Luck. Remember Andrew Luck? The Colts' offensive line was atrocious for Andrew Luck's first, you know, whatever four That's five why years. He quit. Yeah, he never recovered. <laughs> he was always hurt, and people were like, "Oh, he's soft." I'm like, "No, dude, you can't have 300 pound linemen hitting you, you know, ten times a game. Like, it's just not possible." And he quit. Like, this is probably digressing a little bit, but he quit. Just before the season started last year, right? Yeah. Where he just goes, nah. It was like the eve of opening day. He they was like, no, thank you. They didn't get, they didn't get no more protection for me. <laughs> yeah. He looked, he looked at who the pass rushers were on the other team, and he was like, yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> I felt so bad for that guy because Andrew Luck, and I still think, didn't they boot? They boot him, right? Yeah, man. And and they it kind of happened. Was it during preseason or something? I forget. Yes, the news came out like preseason, and it wasn't supposed to come out, and it wasn't supposed to leak, and it forced him to do the press conference that evening. That's right, and he was there, and it it was like hitting everybody, man, social media, which is weird. I think I do think if you're him, you should have you should have quit sooner. But I also, I mean, to your point, is I wonder. Obviously, he's struggling to stay healthy. Maybe he was hoping he could come back from it. But again, you can't get hit. Like people are like, oh, he's soft. No one's built to take shots. 15 you know 10 15 times a game from a 300 pound man or 250 pound man running full speed like you're not no one is so you know the the reason brady and all these guys have had this longevity is because they've kept them clean man like they they've protected brady has had two or three atrocious offensive lines and what they do is they adjust the offense to just throw these quick slants or these screens or these bubble passes like because they knew they couldn't protect them and you just get the ball out of his hands um Andrew Luck never had that, man. Andrew Luck would hold on to the ball, and he'd always hit a guy in stride, and he would make the right pass, but he'd always take a hit even when he made the throw. Yeah. And you just and I feel like that's what we're witnessing with Deshaun right now, man. I feel like Deshaun is going to get, uh, uh, at some point in time, man, his body, he's already missed, right? He's already missed for an ACL. He's already missed for a couple things. I go, That's not sustainable, man. Good thing he's young. Yeah, Andrew no, Luck I said it won't. retired at what, before 30? He was 29 maybe, maybe right don't, at 30? I don't, I don't remember, yeah. but he definitely didn't have that many years in the NFL. Yeah. But, yeah. But we had, uh, K- you know, Casey kept kept rolling from, you know, from their Super Bowl win. Didn't skip a beat. We had the uh, the Patriots continuing their winning ways with, uh, with, with Cam Newton. Did you see what he wore? I did. He looked like Tweety Bird. Bruh, he looked like the CEO <laughs> of Twinkie. <laughs> he was, you seen that shit? Bro, he always looks like a villain from a Disney movie. <laughs> this guy, bro. I think there's a I think there's a there's a suit that um there's an old Jim Carrey movie uh called The Mask. He wears like this yellow suit like that. that so he wore so he wears this like bright like Tweety Bird yellow suit. This sort of like a almost like a top hat. And then his shoes have um you know like the old Batman like sitcom, like 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 early, early, like oh, like like yeah, before, yeah. before we were born, Batman. So when they would when they would like Adam West punch each other, yes, yeah, pow, and it would be like pow, and well, so his shoes have like bam with the with the like the the like the lightning, yes, kind of, the, the comic strip yes. bubbles or whatever, yeah, 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 that's it, the comic strip bubbles. So it has that on the top of his shoes. They're like glittery. It says bam. He's got the yellow suit on, man. So, but yo, kudos to him. Come back from injury. And um and and playing his ass off. They didn't. They did what they always do, man. They do enough to win. They do. Dude, what's that movie that Splash Mountain is based off of? The old one. Yes. He looked like the villain from that. We, <laughs> whatever that movie is, like Burr Bear or some shit like that. Burr Rabbit. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that what's in that? I don't I'm know. We, think. We talked about that. In yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah. I forget. I can't remember. But he looks like he should be like the sheriff in that, or like the evil sheriff in that. It. Dude, he one of the things that stood out to me in that was um uh where they felt comfortable with Cam. They didn't trust him yet. They didn't let him make deep throws. They didn't they didn't they let ran him, him a lot. Too. They ran him a lot, which so so me that told me, "Hey, you're a rental." They didn't care about keeping him healthy. You're not our long-term solution because Belichick is smart enough to know you can't get away with that in the NFL. Like eventually you're going to get hurt if you're Cam. You can't get hit. And Cam's right. a big dude. Um it's my thing about Lamar. 
I think Lamar Jackson's talented, um, and 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 he appears to be able to make all the throws. They got to stop running him because at some point in time, he's elusive now. Someone's going to catch him. Like, you can't get hit by a 250-pound linebacker uh, and and weigh 170 pounds soaking wet and, and just eat and that. And those are the guys, man, when they take off, especially like a Lamar Jackson where you go, like, he's so fast. He's so elusive. If you get to get a shot on him, you're going to take it. You're going to take it. Right. Because you're right. Because he's so elusive that when you do have a shot, you go, oh, I'm going to make this. I'm going to. Yeah, right. And you want and and he makes you look stupid. Yep. So you want to you want to put a lick on him. Yeah. Like let's be honest. Like he does these spin moves and he makes these guys look stupid. So when you do get a shot at him, if you're coming at him blindside, you have to be like chomping at the bit, going, "Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm gonna make this guy pay." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gonna make him make him think twice about the next about yeah. the next run. The, the, the guy is the guy is the closest thing to a video game that I've ever seen. Dude, he's Michael Vick in his prime. You remember Mike Michael Vick in his prime was stupid to watch. Yeah. I matter of fact, I banned him from Madden at one point in time when we played Madden. I was like, "No, nah, you can't pick him because it was so stupid." Like, dude, I saw Michael Vick. I think towards the tail end of that crazy run in Tampa live. Even live, it looked like you were watching a video game. Really, he took off, and I, it might have even been a preseason game. I don't even think it counted. He took off, and I remember looking at that, going, "Are you serious?" Like he was so clearly faster than everyone else on the field. Yeah, it didn't look. It looked fake. It, it like like in the video game, I used to get uh uh yo shout out to anybody who played Madden 04. and Michael Vick was like the cheat code in that game. Like if you pick Michael Vick, it, it was hated. Like people would have rules. Like you're not allowed to pick the Falcons. Like it was crazy. Um, and because he was so like you remember playing Tech Mobile, and yeah. You play like Bo Jackson, and oh, you couldn't tackle Bo Jackson. <laughs> so this is Michael Vick in Madden. You couldn't catch him. Like he was so fast, it was comically like fast. It was like it was stupid. It didn't make sense. Then I saw him alive, and I was like. Holy and you're like, shit. oh, it's real. It's real. He was so much faster than people. He took off, and you're like, is, did someone just fast forward life? Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, he was so, it was, I've never seen anything like it. Um, never seen Lamar live, but I'd imagine he, he, it has to be like that. He brings me back to that, to, to that feeling I had watching Michael Vick going, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, this is an athlete playing quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that's awesome. So then, then we had the Bucks, who I thought were really sloppy, right? The Bucks got Tom Brady this, this year. I thought they were super sloppy. I was I was really hyped for that game. Actually, yeah, actually, too. man, I didn't watch any games because my bears were on, but I don't have a Sunday ticket, so I didn't watch it. And then um, I was looking forward to the to the to the Bucks Saints. Um, had that had that first drive, they looked really good, but then it was like, oh man, like they they just kind of stalled. Um, they couldn't really do much. They did turn it up a little bit in the second half, and end up losing the game. What have you? What's funny was I found that uh, so you know they have uh, we even talked about this last week when they they picked up Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. right? And so Leonard Fournette had a has a quote where he's like, "For the first time in my life, I have a quarterback." <laughs> Meanwhile, Gardner Minshew was like nineteen of to twenty for three touchdowns. I hate that he did that well. <laughs> I hate that he did that well. Uncle Rico, shout out to Paul. Uncle Rico. <laughs> shout out to the Jags. <laughs> Dude, I I don't think that's sustainable for Gardner. Obviously, the 19 for 20 is not. But I don't think uh, – I just don't think he's going to be that good, period. But um, It's going to be fun while it lasts. The, temp, the Bucks didn't worry me, man. Like, um, So I watched that game, and I thought they've never played a game together. I don't care how much you practice. Like, game time is different. Um, you know, the defenses you see are going to be different. The speed's different. Um, uh, so I actually worried – I actually – like after that game, I felt good about the Bucks. I went, you're only going to build from here. You're going to get better. Um, one of the things that I couldn't help but laugh at was Brady would normally rip receivers in half. And he wasn't and doing he it. And he wasn't doing it. Yes. I and he was that. talking to them really calmly. But I think understanding the like, hey, there's man, no preseason. There's no, yeah, exactly. Right. We haven't had that much time together. Yeah, yeah. I know I saw that too. I was actually looking forward to seeing him like, yank somebody. Yeah, me too. But that'll come. Yeah, no, it definitely will come. But I think what that told me was... We haven't had these reps in real time because uh, and actually the coach came out afterwards, which I thought was interesting. The first pick he throws, Mike Evans runs the wrong route. And you can tell in real life because you go, it was so atrociously bad that you go, someone was off off there. Um, and the coach comes out and said, Mike Evans actually read the defense right. He goes, the he was he, he shouldn't have gone post. He was supposed to stop and and I think cut left or whatever it was or cut right. And he goes, so Mike Evans made the right read and Brady just Brady overthrew didn't. it. I mean, the other one was on the, the the wide receiver, but I thought it was interesting that the coach afterwards 
took it upon himself to go like, yeah, I was shocked Brady was that bad. And said, and basically said, like, yeah, he read the defense really? wrong there. Yeah, it said the wide receiver made the right play there. There was somewhere he goes, oh, he was right in that scenario. But I go, I wonder, I know Belichick treated Brady, quote unquote, like everybody else, but he didn't publicly rip him like no. that, right? Um, but I did think that gave me, if that's what you look like game one and you put up almost 30, you're going to be fine. Like, they'll build off that. They're going to get more reps together in real time against real teams. Um, I think they're going to be good. I think the teams that have been together for a long time looked good yesterday, right? The lack, like, I hate preseason, but I think it clearly showed that you need a game or two, at least of preseason. And obviously the rookies need uh, a chance to, to make the team. But the teams that have been together for a long time look fine, look like they never skipped a beat, as you should. And then the teams that are newly put together are the ones that struggled, like Tampa. Like, most of Tampa is new. And especially if you change a quarterback, you're a new team because it, and every for Brady, you know, and he mentioned it's a new offense, it's new lingo, it's new receivers, it's new everything, the cadence, everything about it is new. Um, but I, the Saints worried me more than the than, than the Bucks did because the Saints have been together for a long time. Yeah, in the second half, they didn't really do well. No, and I felt like if if Tampa Bay was playing together for the first time, I don't care how talented you are, if you're the Saints. You should have put it on them. And maybe it was not having the true home field advantage, but I felt like the Saints didn't do enough to show me, oh, you should be balling on teams like this game one yeah. because you've been together. You know where you're going to be. Yeah, definitely, man. Take take away that pick six, and it's a different ballgame. A- absolutely. And and how many points then do you put up as Breeze in that offense? Like, like uh, Thomas, who I think is a great receiver, wasn't as open as he normally is wasn't breeze didn't make the throws he normally makes his breeze and again maybe that's some rust maybe that's getting in the swing of things but i went you guys have been together for a long time they worried me more i kind of left that game going uh, i expected you know tampa bay and the bucks to light it up probably unrealistic because they never played together and going damn man the saints have been together for a long time what's their excuse you know, yeah. I, I felt worse about that team going because some people have picked them as a Super Bowl favorite. And I and I just went, ah, I don't know about that, man. I think Breeze might be – I think he showed his age yesterday. Listen, I don't want to get into Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. We're just going to say Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. Y'all go was, ahead and keep drafting. Was like QBs. vintage Aaron Rodgers Jeez. yesterday. Um, but you will. <laughs> you will apologize to, to Mr. Russell. <laughs> Wilson. Who'd he beat? Doesn't matter. I'm not giving him credit for beating the Falcons. It doesn't. <laughs> do you know do you know what's funny, man? Um uh who's the Falcons quarterback? Ryan uh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah. He um he threw, he threw for like four hundred over four hundred yards yesterday. Yeah, because the And they got smashed. Seattle's defense is trash. <laughs> they got smashed, bro. This dude threw for three fifty one, four touchdowns. Give him his props. I'm gonna give him his props. I never said he was bad. I said he's overrated. I almost made you, you know, I almost made you apologize to him and Dak this week. Listen, man, <laughs> not apologize. Actually, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned Dak. I, I'm gonna get off topic really quick. I think Dak uh, came out this week and was talking about like uh, struggling. I don't know if you saw this. He was struggling with anxiety and depression. I did uh, see something COVID. about this, but I didn't. I didn't realize what it, what he was talking about. So, so he kind of came out and said that the COVID thing put him in a funk. Okay. He said, "Yeah, man, I couldn't even find the motivation to work out." He's like, I didn't. I couldn't find the motivation to go. He, then he came out. His brother committed suicide during the pandemic. Um, and he came out. And I, and we knew his brother had passed. No one knew why or how. And he basically came out and said his brother killed himself. Um, so anyway, he comes out and he talks about that, which I thought was awesome, man. I think for someone in his position, um, you know, being a, a star quarterback and a iconic team to come out and say like, yeah, man, like I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with depression. I like this, this COVID thing was bad for me. Um, I, th- I thought it was big. I think it's, it, it's interesting. I think it's good that people hear that coming from someone like him who presumably has it all. Um, so I thought it was big of him. I thought it was super mature. I actually, it gave me a lot more respect for him as a person. Um, and then Skip Bayless, man, goes off on this thing about going like, oh, you're 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 showing weakness and your team's going to really? think you're soft. Yeah. And I, listen, I know Skip Bayless makes a living off saying. Well, what did, what did uh, Shannon Sharp say to that? He ripped him. Like, I mean, they, like, oh, they both did? no, no, Shannon oh, Sharp ripped. ripped. Actually, okay. he didn't go into it as as hard as I thought he should. Then Skip came back out and clarified his comments and tried to say like, oh, no, I was meaning that I thought it was soft for him to complain about having anxiety about COVID. Kind of like we all do type oh, thing. Right, right. Which. Again, I, listen, Skip Bayless makes a living. I don't think Skip Bayless means 80% of the shit he says. I think he just says it. Just, it doesn't. And, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. matter. But I think day. in that scenario, man, to come out and rip a guy like that, like, listen, I, I'm going to rip his play and stuff like that. I'm going to rip the fact that he's asking for 40 mil. 
I'm never going to rip you for coming out and, and talking about your struggles with like uh, depression or anxiety or, or coping with your brother or doing that stuff, man. I thought it was kind of a low blow, but shout out to him. I think for, again, man, I think as guys, we don't talk enough about the struggles we go through like internally. Absolutely. And I thought that uh, him coming from a quarterback in the National Football League on the Dallas Cowboys, I think that's super important for guys like us to hear and go, fuck, I'm not alone. Like when I have my moments, like a guy like him who presumably, again, has it all, struggles sometimes too and and so shout out to him man i think um they still lost but you know <laughs> no but absolutely man i mean men- mental health is is a is a huge issue um you know i have family members that have you know struggled with mental health and and um and, and, it, and if you're around anyone that that sort of struggles with um whether it's anxiety or depression like you know that it's very real yeah. um and so you know if you have if, if you if you have that or you know somebody you know like it's nothing to be ashamed about, and and go get some help, you know. Oh, yeah, but probably the probably the folks in your house can't help you. Nope. But listen, Cowboys lost, <laughs> as they should have, and then um, Seattle good start. So I'm I'm gonna eat shit on that one. But I bet you they don't win that division. We'll see. We'll see. Cause uh, what Arizona started off with a win. Yep. LA started off with a win. Who else yep. is in that division? Um, that, and um, Niners. They lost because they lost Arizona. Okay, so. That's going to be an interesting division, actually. That might be, you know what? I, I, I got to say, that might be the hardest division now in the NFL. I was looking at it, and I'm going, I, I can't think of a tougher up-and-down division in the NFL than that one because the Niners aren't a trash team anymore. Um, Arizona, as young as Kyler Murray is, this kid's putting up numbers. They're having fun over have, there, yeah, dude. They're having fun. And, yeah. and, and yeah, yeah, that's a, actually a perfect way to describe it. They're having fun. And so they're going to put up crazy numbers. Um, and and the Rams showed glimpses yesterday of being that Super Bowl Rams team. Glimpses. Like, then sometimes they just looked awful. But there were glimpses in there where you went, all right, it's still in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe as the season goes on, they'll, they'll get back in the groove of things. So that might be the hardest division in the NFL. I'm going to have to give uh, – if Russell wins that division, man, I, I'm going to have to give him credit for that because with that defense who can't stop anybody – and he wins that man. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to eat it. Yeah. Yes. I will. We're gonna hold you Listen, to that, man. Don't I'll worry. That. I won't. I won't forget. He's still corny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Tell, tell them where they can find us. Yo, man. Uh, at the Carbon Footprint on uh, Instagram. Um, we're the Carbon Footprint Podcast on YouTube. Um, I, I'm at Juan on stage on Instagram, Juan on stage on Twitter, Juan on stage on Facebook. I have all those. Um, at some point in time, I'm going to make some pretty poor attempts at some stand up here. So I'll let you guys know when I do that. So if anybody wants to come and laugh at me or with me, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, shout out to you guys. We got a lot of feedback from uh, the, the last few episodes. It's been awesome. We do try to adjust or at least uh, we do have conversations, I think, behind the scenes about about your feedback and about how we can make this better and at least... Uh, yeah, we absolutely do. I mean, that's that's one thing. Um, the the comments that you guys leave on IG or on Facebook or things that I, you know, I get I get personal texts as well. Um, um, appreciate all of it. And like I said, we do... We t- why don't I talk about all of it and, and see how we can, you know, incorporate any, any like, suggestions and, 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 you know, try to make the show better every time we, we get on. So... Bear with us as always. <laughs> Which <laughs> you say bear with us. I won't take too long on this, but you <laughs> if you haven't heard that episode, please go back and listen. That's probably one of it's my episode favorites. three, I think. Yeah, episode three, right? Yeah. But there was a thing this week. I won't I won't get too into it, but there was a guy this week who went hunting. He was a fourteen year old kid, which is basically what you were. So there's a story and bear with us that Sean says twelve. He's twelve. <laughs> about about hunting and i brought up some points about the uh you know maybe the the responsibility factor of this adult that left sean in the woods anyway this 14 year old gets dropped off in like ohio or michigan i think it was michigan michigan he was dropped off to go hunting somewhere he falls asleep in the middle of a field like laying down and he gets run over by like a corn chipper thing or whatever yeah yeah it dices him up but he's like a 14 year old kid but it made me think of your story which you know, listen i'm sorry i can't imagine what that's like as a family uh you know dealing with that 14 year old but it just made me think of your story when i'm like what the fuck would have happened if something would have happened to you out in these woods 
Right. I don't know. But uh, anyway, you guys go back and listen to Bear With Us because it, it's pretty funny. And I just still can't believe that Sean was left unattended in the woods for a day. <laughs> um, it was only a few hours. Yeah. And with next to bears, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys. Uh, and shout out to Sweden. Sweden is like top three of listeners. Uh, I don't know who in Sweden, but shout out to you guys. Uh, well, you know, India is number two. So, well, you know, it's like U- U.S. is like 90%. <laughs> But shout out to anybody out there. Sweden's like six percent of listeners, which shows you how much is got some got some India (laughs) folks out there. We love all y'all, man. Thanks for the support. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you guys. Peace. Peace.